Welcome back to Screen Time. I'm Ro Khan. I'm Richard Roper. We have breaking sports news, especially if you're an Aaron Rodgers fan or you're not. <laughs> we'll share that in just a second, but you probably heard it by now anyway. But I've got a lot of thoughts and I can't get it out of sure. my head. Sure. Reminding you that the Rowan Roper podcast, Screen Time, is brought to you by AmericanEagle.com studios the digital landscape is changing rapidly and to compete in today's business environment you need an experienced partner since 1995 americaneagle.com has partnered with companies of all sizes offering web design development e-commerce mobile apps digital marketing that drives your overall business success because they believe that today's online world and you know this too is your opportunity give americaneagle.com a chance today get started right there americaneagle.com Aaron Rodgers is returning to the Green Bay Packers. When will my nightmare end? <laughs> well, in the uh, the details, Rokan tell us that uh, Aaron Rodgers has not only agreed to return to the Packers, but they're talking about a four-year, $200 million extension of his contract. And, you know, if that's being canceled, I don't want to be renewed. <laughs> you know, he seems to have gotten through his idiocy. <laughs> Yeah. The madness and the ignorance of the whole uh, Vax thing. Yeah. And uh, he's yeah. back with the Packers. I have a, as a side note, I have a theory about this. That the What's minute, your theory? The, the minute that we're two weeks out mm-hmm. from the mandates, whatever the mandates happen to be, yeah. we will have forgotten that it happened. Mm-hmm. The entire pandemic will be just an afterthought and it'll be like, did we? We had to wear masks, and that might be by yeah, that's true. St. Patrick's Day would be my guess that we'll be in that situation. Well, we are in Chicago, as people know, and they are going to have the big St. Patrick's Day uh, parade. We expect Harrison Ford to show up as the fugitive. <laughs> I, ne- we, I think we invite him every year. Yeah, we do. Or we yeah. should, at least. Uh, they dye the river green, which, of course, uh, led to the famous line of the fugitive. Uh, if they could dye the river green, why don't they just do that every day? And then it could just stay green if they could just do it right. once a year. As uh, opposed to so, the shit brown green that it normally is. Yes, it is. Yeah. So I do think you're on to something, though, Ro, in terms of our institutional collective forgetfulness or willingness to move on. It's already happening. It's not as if this virus has suddenly gone away and there aren't going to be any variants. But once cities started saying, you know, no more masks and all the sporting arenas and everything. Now it seems almost odd because you'll see like an NBA game and the head coach has got his mask on, but it's just around his chin and everybody around him doesn't have a mask on. But then when he goes to talk to the ref, the ref puts the officials put their mask on. And I'm like, guys, this isn't a game of pong. Right. Kind of is, but well, it's going to be over very soon for all the rules. Because once, once the rules have sort of applied but not completely applied, or they're voluntary, forget about it. It's over, and people want it to be over. And I was all about the vaccines. I was all about the masks. I get it. Yeah. I understand it's a contagious virus and was killing people at a much higher rate than any other free-form-in-the-air virus had done since the 1918 pandemic, right. and it actually ended up uh, you know, affecting more people over its run here in the last two years. But it does seem to be in our rearview mirror. Hopefully, we, you know, we don't get another gigantically dangerous version of it. And who knows? If we do, we it might be one of those, ah, screw it. Let them die. Which was, remember when people were saying that two years ago? Yeah, you know, survival you know, like, of the fittest. Right. I'm in shape. I can handle this. <laughs> or, you know, they're old. All that kind of lovely, heartwarming uh, empathy for our fellow human beings. 
But I'm with you. I, I get what you're saying. I will get back to Aaron Rodgers in a second. Yeah, yeah, last yeah. week I was in our nation's capital, the District of Columbia, and there was supposed to be uh we don't want those trucker rallies that, yeah freedom right? freedom caravan convoy yeah. guys we got a trucking convoy right w mccall big hit back in the days coming in yeah. to get in the way of the uh the state of the union address or some such shit and and <laughs> they didn't show up but then they showed up a couple days later and they showed up in hagerstown maryland okay where there's the closest place they could get before literally you know, some Blackhawk helicopter yeah. started hovering over them. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, uh, uh, maybe maybe we'll stay here. But the point is yeah. that they were coming in to talk about the vaccine and the mask mandates. You know, that, that was their thing. And then they were like, hey, that's over. Oh, uh, it's about freedom. Yeah. Uh, it's about, it's just, it's these made up contretemps that have absolutely zero zippity-doo-dah nothing to do with what our daily lives are really like nothing yes. it's just it's, it's it's all led on some social media platform or or some political platform the republicans the democrats somebody they're, they're just get yeah, heat up their people and get them to go do whatever it is by using a you know a very narrow stream of social media infection if you will and then all of a sudden you get these mopes that, that decide that they'd rather do this than go make money with their trucks well, you make a great point, too, about social media here. And that's why this is screen time, because we talk about everything that you can catch on screens or not catch in case of the virus uh, and, and watch and filter. And we've talked about this before, Ro. And uh, listen, I use Twitter like almost everybody else does, and it can be a great tool. But, you know, for something to trend on Twitter means like point zero 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 one percent of the population is discussing it in a heated manner. And when you you, know, you look back at the last two years, I have never been in any situation, and I, you know, I was out there, and we had to wear masks and all that. I was never in any situation that was going to go viral. I never witnessed any of these. Now, we see so many of them. We think it happens every day at McDonald's and Walmart and at the drive-thru and at the police station where there are these incidents, and there were certainly more than a few. But I don't even know anybody who really knows anybody who saw anything that you see on, on viral videos you know, in the media because it happens once or twice somewhere in the country. So I think most of us got through it. Most people behaved accordingly. Right. The assholes are going to go back to being assholes. They're just going to be asshole about something else. They were. And, they and you were. mentioned that. That's the thing now. You know, all of the anger that was built up, people that were spoiling for a fight, I'm going to go without my mask into a store where I know you have to wear a mask. They'll find something else. They'll, they'll, they'll figure out something else to be angry about. And these are people who've already been identified by members of their family as the troubled one. The yeah. one that there's always an argument about whether they get invited to Christmas or Thanksgiving or a wedding, because they're like, that guy's going to start a fight. Yeah. That's always, she's going to be a problem. You know what she does. So there's nothing unique about this particular moment in history or these particular individuals. What is unique is the technological overlay that allows us to see their behavior and have to now care about somebody's aunt who's just an asshole in Tulsa. I don't care. Well, and the thing is, you can't get rid of your mask yet, right? Because if you're going to fly, you got to wear a mask, right? If you're at yeah. the airport or, you know, that's that's still a part of the deal. Individual businesses might require it. You never, The rideshare uh, companies are still requiring drivers and passengers to wear masks. So I, By I April been, 1, it'll all be gone. I, I make this okay, prediction April now. April 1st. Hey, that'd be fine. Maybe April 2nd because no one will believe it on the 1st. <laughs> Uh, but for me, it's like, you know, I still keep a, a mask in every available pocket just in case. Right. It's a little disconcerting to leave my house not wearing a mask and to go into the world not wearing a mask, to get picked up 
by you, and then we go to a place, and we go in there, and we have adult libations without masks. And the whole day is without masks, and you go home, and you're like, oh, that was almost, it's almost unusual. It feels strange. Yeah. But let's get to Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah, I'll get back to him, yes. Who won't wear a mask. Yeah. Uh, you know, to me, bro, this, this whole thing, he's a drama queen. There's just no doubt about that, and that's an insult to queens. Let's say he's a drama king, a drama <laughs> prince. There you go. That's uh, and he just loves to be the center of attention. You know, he goes on with his buddy Pat McAfee, and that always makes news every week. And Pat McAfee, by the way, I, I guess he's a huge YouTube deal. He always wears the sleeveless shirts. And I kind of admire the fact that he just always, always, always just goes, I'm going to wear my sleeveless undershirt for this show. He's a former punter, I guess. So, you know, what does he care for what people think about him? <laughs> he does a great job with Rodgers. So, Rodgers, you know, we had all these <laughs> trade scenarios laid out over the last few weeks. And I'm like, he's not going to the Steelers or the Broncos. He's not going to try to help a team that's both teams pretty good, but probably not as good as the team he's on right now. Right. Which were really screwed up against the 49ers with a blocked punt, if not would have been in the championship game and probably could have gotten to the Super Bowl. He's got Devontae Adams, maybe his all-time favorite or one of his top two or three all-time favorite receivers. He wasn't going anywhere. He was always staying with the Packers. I just can't believe they're signing him for four years. Now, one thing we have learned over the years about NFL contracts is four years does not mean four years. Well, that's true. They don't have to pay you if you're not playing, which in baseball and other places they do. They do not have to do that here. So he could have four years that he's committed to them. They don't necessarily have to stay committed to him. And there's probably a yeah. buyout clause and some other skis big enough yeah. that he gets that stuff. Well, and the thing is, you know, he just won the MVP. So he's in that, you know, he's like, what, eight years younger than Tom Brady, I think, right now, if you look at it that way. And, you know, for all his, uh, you know, strange habits, he doesn't get hurt a lot. You know, he gets right. here and there, and he, you know, he's got, he still has one of the best arms in the league. They'll, they'll immediately have to adjust the odds, and we're going to talk about sports and gambling in about 35 seconds here. <laughs> uh, you know, all of a sudden now the Packers are going to leap to the front of the pack, if you will. And it means for those of us in Chicago that he gets to own us two more times, yeah. as he told, famously said last year. At I least own you. Next year, yeah. 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 yeah well, maybe eight more games. Right. Hey, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't like the way that sounds yeah. or feels. Although uh, the Chicago Bears have a new uh, head coach, general manager, and all that. That'll solve everything. It always always does. has. Always does. Never it's been always a problem. about the front office. Yes. Right? Yeah. It's only, I mean, the only, t there's, there have been two head coaches that have counted in the history of the Chicago Bears, George Hallis and Mike Ditka. And Ooh. Mike yeah. Ditka got fired from the Chicago Bears yeah. 30 years ago. Yeah. So it's been a little bit, it's been a minute. As the kids, as the like kids to like, say. it's been a minute. They say yeah. that now in almost every TV series or movie too. <laughs> it's always interesting because it happens about a year after it hits the zeitgeist because all the screenwriters are putting it in there. So almost every show or movie I'm watching these days, someone doesn't matter what era. It could be during the Civil War. <laughs> Why Jebediah? It's been a minute. <laughs> What? What are you talking about? <laughs> a few years ago, it was you got this. Everybody had to say you got this to somebody to pep them up, you know, to get them, you know, it's the big gymnastics tournament. You got this. I have to stop the cartel. You got this. <laughs> so now it's it's been a minute. Okay. Now. All right. Real yeah. con. Mm -hmm. And by the way, uh, we want to. We haven't said this in a while, I think. Everybody who's been subscribing and downloading and telling their friends and listening to the Screen Time podcast, and after the break, we're going to give you some recommendations on what to watch and what not to watch. But to stick with the sports for a little while, I really wanted to get your take on this because we got the news this week that Kelvin Ridley, 
uh, Atlanta Falcons receiver, top-level receiver when he's healthy, has been suspended for at least the entire 2022 season. They're saying at minimum a full season for gambling on games in 2021. And Roe, according to Calvin Ridley, he bet a total of $1,500. The reports are he was on DraftKings. I don't know. You know, there's like a refer a friend thing you could do there. He didn't have to do those bets himself. But the NFL which, of course, along with all of the networks and everybody else in the world, has fully embraced legalized right. gambling on every aspect of the game, including will Pat McAfee ever wear a shirt with sleeves? Right. Everything short of that. They are outraged. They can't... This is the integrity of the game. There's no more serious offense. So it's a year, and it could be more mm -hmm. for Calvin Ridley. I'm shocked. Shocked <laughs> to see that there's gambling going on here in this casino. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe it. I can't believe the hypocrisy of this. Oh, the NFL knew who they were getting in bed with, and they were getting in bed with all of those services, whether it's DraftKings or you know whoever. I don't MGM wanna... has got a huge push out there right, right. now, right? Right, and major and... stars, Jamie Foxx, et cetera. Exactly, yeah. and we knew that this. Remember, before gambling was legal, they were setting up these platforms oh just so you could play fantasy football on that <laughs> yeah right that's what it was going all be those about. sites that's a great point because they'll have a little fantasy tab but now the sports book tab is way bigger right yeah. and that was yeah. all, that's that's all we were doing we're not you know if you want to you know uh, yeah you and your kid want to play for a dollar you know we're not going to get in their way here it's not gonna be a problem but that we knew was not what it was about they yeah. also simultaneously had truckloads bus loads plane loads of lobbyists that were working yeah. in the state legislatures in all 50 states trying to get state by state and sometimes municipality by municipality agreements so that you could legally gamble yeah. on DraftKings. And that's really not about like, oh, this just happened. This is about a huge corporate move and banking move i mean the amount of money the amount of money that is flown in from the mm. big banking houses around the world decided hey you know what we're all gonna yeah, basically stop clutching our pearls about gambling everybody's been doing it forever and we'll put on these public service announcements that say hey if you got a gambling addiction stop because that always works. Yeah. And we're just going to all make money on it because it's really the only way. States have been doing it. I mean, let's not, again, talking about the clutching of pearls or the grabbing of one's crotch or whatever. It does not matter. Yeah. This has been going on. The Illinois lottery started in the 1970s. That's 50 years ago, right? So it doesn't really, everybody jumping up and down about it. No, oh, I can't believe there's gambling in this place. You know. Yeah, it's a bunch of bullshit. And it, 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 you're so right about that because four decades, first of all, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, Jimmy the Greek Snyder used to be on CBS Sports talking about wagering, right? And that, you know, yeah. way back when. Right. Which is when but you think about it. Not really wagering. Crazy. They never yeah. mentioned wagering. They just talked about the fact here's what, who the picks are. And they've been doing it for years. ESPN did it for years. Remember, ESPN was like, oh, we're not going to talk about gambling. But then they would always talk about, uh, they'd always have a guy on go, hey, you know, I think they're going to win by three, maybe three well, and a half. And Al Michaels, you know, Monday Night Football, there'd be a late score and he'd, in a third. 37 to 7 game and he goes well that matters to some people out there and brent musburger famously would say i know a couple of guys in the desert who really didn't need to see that last minute three-pointer that cut the lead to 12 at the end of the game but you know to me that was always such come on man let's just talk about it and as 
the various sports networks were reporting on Calvin Ridley being suspended, half of the time there would be graphics on the screen promoting DraftKings or PointsBet right, right. or MGM or one of the other 8 million gambling sites out there. Uh, to me, the hypocrisy, we don't know yet. I don't think he, he didn't, you know, we have no evidence of Calvin Ridley dropping six balls in a game that were easy catches or anything like that. Now, if he had inside information that somebody on the Falcons was hurt or something like that, yeah, it's damaging and you shouldn't do it. 1500 bucks. I'm like, what's wrong with you to risk your whole career for that? But, bro, a lot of people are pointing this out. You know, the NFL, they have in their bylaws, if there's domestic abuse, if there's violence, it's like a six-game suspension. And there have been cases of players being suspended for a few games, sometimes no games, just being disciplined for domestic violence. Uh, Ray Rice, Adrian Peterson, Greg Hardy, Ezekiel Elliott all got fewer games uh, for you know physical violent crimes than Calvin Ridley got for going on DraftKings or FanDuel or whichever. We don't disparage any of these fine sites. I'm sure they didn't know it was an NFL wide receiver. That, you know, everyone uses those fake names and everything. And I don't know if those, what would the, what would the sports site do if they knew it was an NFL player? Hey, signed up. You know <laughs> they're gonna stop him. So it's insanity, but then it this is. is also the thing. You know he's not the only one doing this, right? No. The only Listen, these guys have been gambling forever and ever. I don't know a single former athlete is not a gambler. I don't know a single one. And we know some who have gotten into deep, deep, and some of it publicly known and others not, who have really it's yeah. consumed their lives. And that's the other thing, too. You know, the minute you retire from the NFL, Drew Brees is all over right. the advertisements. Devin Hester. So they don't care. You know, you don't get kicked out of the NFL as an ex-player. You're not banned from broadcasting or coaching or anything if you bet. And what if Drew Brees becomes, you know, the head coach of the Saints at some point? Does he have to give up his deal with the sports gambling site? He's not betting. He's just making, not making, he's inviting others right. to, to, to share in the excitement of wagering on live events. Yeah, it's complete bullshit because you've got folks on TV, as Drew Brees is, right, as a studio analyst, talking about all of that. And then, oh, wow, isn't it terrible what the guy did? By the way, you get two for one right now. Yeah. I mean, it's... It, it is. It, it's one of those cultural uh, eccentricities of America that makes, I think, a lot of us here go, you know, we're so high and mighty about all of these things. And then when it comes to the rubber hitting the road and the real money or whatever yeah. behind it, we just go, yeah, okay, whatever. We forget. Again, we go back to that short-term memory issue with America. Like, ah, oh, it's fine. You know, as, as, as a culture, as, yeah. as a people... You know, we have all these rules, but then we go, ah, but maybe they don't count this time because I'd rather see this guy do this or this guy yeah. be that. And that is, it's just, there are rules for a goddamn reason. And why we can't follow them and understand that these are guardrails and this is what it is supposed to be. We're doing this also, by the way. Speaking of, of watching celebrities do stupid things. Hey. These guys who are out major Academy Award winning, fantastical kind of actors and entertainers who are trying to sell you cryptocurrency mm. is absolutely going to bite them in the ass at some point in the next, maybe it's six months, year, five years, whatever it's going to be. There are going to be some versions of cryptocurrency that are probably going to be the, you know, the future. I know that you know big banking institutions are all involved in it. Goldman Sachs and other people have been involved in it because they're like, you know, we're interested in this. It is easily 
manipulatable, mm-hmm. and it is not based on anything that is of true intrinsic value. Yeah, and you're right. I'm surprised because the, the, the huge stars you're talking about, none of them are in any kind of financial straits that we know about or have fallen on hard times. They're extremely wealthy high-profile individuals who clearly have been given a piece of the pie or something, but to go on television, to go on the net, whatever the case may be, and be the face of this, where after the commercial's over and they even put the symbol of the thing up, I still don't know what they're selling. There's some sort of pirate ship that didn't make it or and then a mountain that should be climbed or we're in space or something. Yeah. I agree with you. It's just it's 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 like when you when we hear about the the pop singer who would go sing for the oligarch. Right. You know, for two million dollars and we'd later find out that, you know, there was blood on the hands of everybody at the party or some sort of horrible right. dictator. And they'd go, I didn't know. I didn't do the research. Right. Well, you and half the women at the party disappeared and yeah. were never heard from again. Yeah. 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 And that's so. that's a that's a reality here in the crypto world. The crypto world, uh, there are bigger players in it, and they might be able to explain what their value is going to be, but they don't know for sure. It isn't a hedge like uh, like you know, gold has been, silver has been, diamonds have been over the years. Yeah. Because you know, there's limited quantities of things, but now you can make a diamond in your <laughs> in your 3D printer, <laughs> take a picture of a <laughs> Rodin's the Thinker, and say, "I own this." I yeah, own I know. Picasso's estate is all worked up about this now because people, I don't know, they're somehow right the tokens doing the tokens yeah. or something. Of you know, it, 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 I don't. It's it, why don't we have tokens? Well, screen time tokens. We should. We should sell them at a very limited. Just us coughing. And then that's a very limited thing that you can own. Maybe Martin Scarella could buy that from us. All I know is I believe Calvin Ridley, you know, I hope he's meeting with (laughs) with the right. Yeah, well, because I, I, on the surface, from what we know right now, think this is complete bullshit that they're saying at least a season may be longer. And if it turns out that he didn't bet on his own team or against his own team, that he was just betting on Monday Night Football and it was really only 1500 bucks. They got to reduce this. I mean, yeah, suspend them for three or four games. I think that's good. It sends a message out, too, to a lot of other players. They're at least changing the name on their accounts right now. Or maybe they're using Crypto Bitno to pay yeah. their losses. Right. <laughs> but, I mean, it just seems insane to me to give them to, to, for an entire season. Wide receiver in the NFL, you got maybe eight good years. You know, if you stay healthy to right. lose that. Obviously, if he's suspended, he's not getting paid. And then what happens after that year? I mean, if they're going to make it a lifetime ban, then they're setting the standard. What happens if 19 other players are named in the next two weeks all the, over the league for having accounts on one of these sites? You're going to have do you do? the NFL do what they're really good at. They're going to just reverse and go, no, we didn't do that. Forget it. We didn't mean that because they move – as quickly as they yeah, possibly. That was get. a They're guideline. A we hadn't officially. We, you know, yeah, we made this statement. Yeah, you're right. But I, I just want to say I want this to happen. But it kind of would be amazing if it turns out like 127 NFL players bet on games last year. Well, this isn't really you know. the worst of the worst of what we've learned about game fixing. In the NFL, we have the owners trying to fix the games. Well, you know, and, and the NFL dismissed that suit out of hand like that, you know, quickly. They better be sure. They better be, they said this is without merit that the uh, Dolphins coach was paid 100 grand or offered 100 grand to tank games. They better be really, really sure. I'm sure they're not sure, and I'm sure that they're sure that they shouldn't be sure about this because the minute they get sure about it or they bring it forward, it's going to change everything. And the, U.S. government, federal government is going to get involved in this and they're going to try to to jump in because there are people that 
on any given Sunday are losing their ass, yeah. and the the fix may in fact be in. It's always been suspected. It's been in like all those movies, like Casino, and and you know other kind of movies about gambling. I've always speculated. Well, you know, do this because trust me on this. This is how this is gonna go. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, the fix is in. Well, if the fix really is in, even from the from the management, from the owners themselves, who are not exactly doing this. Uh, as part of a, an act of benevolence, mm. right? They don't they don't go to church on Sunday, and their and their ministers say to them, "Thank you for being here and for helping <laughs> humanity the way you've helped it." Yeah. Those folks, if it's all part of just a uh, it's a racket, for lack of a better term, a criminal enterprise, mm. <laughs> then then it's it really sucks, you know, because it, it's something that that is so ingrained in the American culture now, sports in general, but football specifically. Well, and we all know this, if not for fantasy football, if, if somehow fantasy football and wagering on football were completely eliminated, there were no ways to do it, not yeah. legally, illegally, I think the ratings would go down by half. But people have been betting on it it. forever anyway. But that's what I'm saying. And a lot of people that are watching the games, they wouldn't be watching those games, especially if it's not their team. And listen, you and I are certainly not above this. I'm, you know, I've written a book on on gambling. uh, And I'm the first to say, listen, if, you know, Gonzaga is playing St. Mary's on a Tuesday night and Gonzaga's giving away 14, I'm probably not going to have a keen interest in that unless I got $5. Or yeah. something on Gonzaga. Now all of a sudden, go Zags. Right. Come on, Rex. Right. Did make... you see that foul? Yes. You know. I mean, that's the whole point. It's You're a fan three hours at a time. Yeah. Is exactly. what that makes. And now you can do it within, as they tell you during the games. Oh God. In game betting. Too much. And I'll say one last thing about this yeah. before we get to our reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, little unsolicited advice to all of these websites who are using either celebrities or former players or the other category. They're always blonde. They're always busty. And they always look like Miss June 1975. And I am not disparaging. I know one of these women who does this. But it's like, you guys, you can have other spokespeople. Get a spokes brunette. Get a little diversity in your spokes babe, if you will. And I'm not using that term in a derogatory fashion. That's what they are. That's who you get the email from. You don't get the email from Devin Hester. You get it from Mindy McBet. (laughs) Hi, friend. All right. Well, <laughs> maybe Calvin Ridley will end up on the Packers. That would be good. I, I, I all the rules are off. I had a boss a billion years ago say to me when I was first starting out in television news, said there are no rules. I'm like, there are rules. Oh, yeah. I've seen all those movies and 60 Minutes. They've got rules. Eh, there are no rules. And you that never, boss was Rod Blagojevich. And you never want to think about that. You never want to think that there are no rules because it makes you feel unsafe. And all this entire last half hour has made me feel very unsafe, but also hungry. So let's talk about okay. Portillo's. It's one of my favorite places to eat on the planet Earth. And that is absolutely true. I'm not making that up. I, I, I probably order from or eat drive through a Portillo's drive through and eat from Portillo's I probably once a week probably I would say and you know why because they got the best hot dogs they got the best Italian beef they got the best Italian sausage and 
They got great salads. They got great French fries. They got great everything that you want. If it's comfort food or uh, what do they call fast casual now, whatever that is, hmm. you you have got to stop by Portillo's if you haven't done it yet. And if you live outside of the area in which there are Portillo's, you can order the stuff online. And I always tell you, order the chocolate cake because it's the best chocolate cake you're ever going to have in your life. You can think, well, now how is a fast casual restaurant in Chicago going to make the best chocolate cake I ever had in my life? Trust me, it is. There are people all over the planet Earth that actually order that cake for their weddings and they build wedding cakes out of the individual chocolate cakes. I'm not making that up. <laughs> Try it. Portillo's.com. P-O-R-T-I-L-L-O-S. That's how you spell it. Portillo's I'm Maylin Lee. I wear what I want, say what I want, 24 7, 365. I know, it's a lot. But I don't got time to mess around. Oh, about that hustle, am I right? This is gonna be the best year ever. And nothing's gonna get in my way. Is everything okay? I'm a gross red monster! Don't look at me! Stay back! This happened already? What did you say? That's Turning Red on Disney. It's the new Disney Pixar film that everybody's been talking about. Ooh, it's going to be so great. But somehow it's ended up in What Not to Watch. It has. Uh, this is kind of a two and a half star film for oh, me, Ro. Uh, I have... Probably out of all the Disney Pixar films of the last, you know, since the original Toy Story, negative reviews to about 5%, 10% at the most. I love their films. And this one looks great like they always do. But it's this one of the strangest setups for an animated film ever. It's set in... That's early, saying something. And Yeah, when you think about all the strangeness, because it really is. There's a lot of bizarre shit that happens. Yeah. If you take almost any Pixar animated film and made it live action, Toy Story becomes a horror movie, for example, right? <laughs> Immediately. Chucky, they made it they're alive. Yeah, previous. yeah. Poltergeist. So the premise for Turning Red is it is set in Toronto in the early 2000s. A Chinese-Canadian family of many generations lives there. And a 13-year-old girl literally turns into a red panda whenever she gets uh, too emotional, either upset or angry or sad. Uh, so it's basically the 13-year-old girl version of the Hulk. Uh, the strange thing is it's actually a metaphor for menstruation and coming of age and puberty. In fact, there's an early scene in the movie where the mom, where she, where the daughter says, I've turned into a gross monster. Her door is closed. And her mother assumes that she's, the girl has had her first period and comes running up the stairs with an armload of pads and starts going through all the different types of pads and graphic description. And then we go on from there, and you know she kind of learns to control her inner panda, and there's a whole boy band thread where the girls want to see this kind of in-sync type band. But the whole premise is just sort of odd, and I was watching it, I go, I get what's happening here. They want to make girls of a certain age kind of feel confident and realize that the changes they're going through inside and out are natural. But... I just kept thinking about parents with kids who are like six and seven saying, let's watch the latest Pixar film. And 10 minutes into it, your six-year-old turns to you and goes like, what's a maxi pad? Why is that mom? What are all, you know, you're going to have a talk that you're probably not ready to have with your kids until they're a little bit older. It sort of forces that conversation. Wow. It's very strange. So it has some great points. It has a great look as always, good voice acting, but it's just an odd premise to go from. 
and it really is just the 13-year-old girl as the Hulk. That is weird, because... Yeah. Turning red. Even the title yeah. is a metaphor. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's... That, no. Too much. I think so. In... And I get like like Inside Out is we've talked about before. Sure. One of my favorite films ever made. Certainly my favorite animated film ever made because it is so smart and it's so interesting and it looks at the human mind. Yeah. It looks at the adolescent mind specifically. And it's and it's really trying to talk to the kids about, hey, there's gonna be a lot going on in your head. Yeah. And beautifully done. How do you how do you navigate that? And it seems to me that this was an attempt to do that again. I think so. I think so. In, in you know the movie Soul had a lot of very existential right. you know big picture things and so it's not like you know listen we know there's all kinds of life and death in these movies I'm not saying kids can't handle serious subject matter but this is very specific you know it just seems yeah. like well, you know it's like you know, I think if you're a girl of a certain age okay but we talk about target audiences and like how oh, this will work for audiences of all ages I don't think it does actually. Do you think we don't like it because we're boys and we don't get it? I, you know, listen, it's possible. It's getting generally positive reviews, although, you know, some other critics kind of share my sentiment on that. I just kept, you know, I often think, listen, it's the quality of the film, but it's also like, you know, I'm writing the reviews and we're talking about these movies and streaming series for the audience. And I, I know if I didn't mention that in my review, I'd be hearing from a lot of parents saying, what the hell, Roper? I'm sitting there watching with my seven-year-old daughter and my five-year-old son, and it's cute. She's going to turn into a panda. Next thing you know, you know, we're getting into these bathroom discussions about stuff. I do recall, though, uh, stealing my mom's maxi pads when I was a kid and using them, you know, as toys and other and and in building. That's projects. fine. That would be in an R-rated, you know, '80s comedy, not in this. <laughs> but uh, I, but I was I was five. I didn't know what the hell they were for. I didn't get it. All I no. knew is that they were well, they were yeah. fluffy and that they had a sticky thing on the other oh, side good of it. Lord. Well, that's not the only thing in life, but that's a whole other show. Uh, and yeah, maybe the stuff just flies over the heads of the little ones or you distract them. But I mean, it kind of keeps coming up, basically, at this coming of age story. Yeah. So kind of a reluctant uh, no on turning red. I also want to say in the what not to watch category is Joe versus Carol on Peacock. And Ro, you might remember the early days of the pandemic, uh, early spring 2020. Remember mm -hmm. when we were banging pots and pans at 7 o'clock to thank the, <laughs> yes, you know, the health care? It first was nice. Responders. I shouldn't laugh about it. It was a no, great No, it was a nice but... thing, and we were washing our hands to the, you know, to the tunes of Peter Frampton or something, you know, because we, I don't know if anybody's still doing that. Everyone lies and says they are. And doing those Zoom happy hours. Well, that's also when we all got into, or a lot of people got into Tiger King, the Netflix reality series, and it was it was kind of the first big binge escapist uh, communal experience people were watching at home and then it was very entertaining and then you know a little bit later we started really finding out more about these people and said these are all awful human beings who are mistreating animals and are crazy and there have been all kinds of things since then sequels and everything this is a fictionalized version mm -hmm. with john cameron mitchell as uh joe exotic and kate mckinnon as carol baskin so it's it, it's it's the same story we've seen only now they're dramatizing it and they're all very good in it, but I don't think there's any audience for this at this point. It's like you're rehashing something from two years ago. It's just a victim of its own timing. It's too late for this story. I don't think anybody gives a shit about these uh, trashy narcissists anymore. Because the real life was so much better. And it isn't a complicated story. You know, you've had situations like that where whether it's a, a great scam or some sort of, you know, bad guy and history that you go back and even within five years you can retell that story. There's a couple things that are, you know, yeah, there's no layers of, of revelation or anything. And we, we you know, we're gonna talk about some other reality based shows and it's it's no, it's the same story. Right. So you know? you're just seeing Kate McKinnon who's an 
amazingly yeah, she gifted actor. A wonderful do job as Carol Baskin. She gives her some humanity. And then you got a bunch of other actors playing all those fringe characters. Like there was one employee who got their arm ripped off by a big cat and came back to work five days later. And, you know, that person's in there and he had various husbands and there were, you know, there were incidents with guns and all this kind of, we, it's, it exists in the reality series. So right. no go for Joe V. Carroll. On right, what should we be watching? I love the Adam Project, although that's kind of one of those titles where you're like, what is this? Is this, is this Ant-Man? Is this Black Adam? No, it's not a superhero movie, although it has supernatural or kind of uh, superhero type of elements. Ryan Reynolds plays a pilot from the future from about 2040 who must come back in time to 2018 to fix things from going really bad 20 years from now, including the death of the woman he loves. And he teams up with the 12-year-old version of himself in this. Uh, to, to, to kind of, it, It's kind of convoluted, but it makes sense in a weird way. Jennifer Garner plays the mother mm-hmm. of, of young Ryan Reynolds, so she kind of plays Ryan Reynolds' mother. You know, so it's got that kind of back to the future thing going on where right. there's the self, you see yourself, but you can't change events. Uh, but it's really funny and really smart. It's kind of a classic Ryan Reynolds vehicle where he can be an action hero, but also a wise cracker. The best. And I, when he's I say a wise no wrong cracker, right now. when I say a wise cracker, I don't mean he's a, a man of wisdom who is being hit with a southern expletive. I mean, he's a wise cracking guy. Yeah, right. yeah. No, okay. I, I, my grandfather used to say wiseacre, and I yeah. didn't. And that must have been some term well, from the turn of the you century. Know, even worse were Weisenheimers. Because uh, uh, then it was like he's probably the leader of the wiseacres, that Weisenheimer. Yeah, don't over be there. a Weisenheimer. Uh. Generally, don't be a Weisenheimer was followed by either a slap or a, or being lifted up by my hair 100%. by the gym guy. Right. You know, that was how I remember that. All right. <laughs> Winning time. Tell this me about that. This is really cool. This is on HBO, and it is the story of the 1980s Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, Dr. Jerry Buss buying the team that was at the time considered to be on the brink of ruin. Nobody went to Lakers games. They were, you know, they had a lot of talent on their roster, but the NBA was considered a, a league of thugs and, you know, n- not in a good place. And it it's all about the rise of that. And they have all these great character actors playing all these familiar figures. So Adrian Brody is Pat Riley and John C. Riley is Dr. Jerry Buss. They got some great young actors to play the various basketball players. It's all about, they, they get Irvin Magic Johnson. They change the whole philosophy on court and off. And in the meantime, uh, Dr. Buss, who was a notorious playboy and practically lived at the Playboy Mansion, turned what was then uh, known as the Forum into a gigantic kind of Playboy club meets Disney World, right? Nightclubs, Laker girls yeah. with Paula Abdul leading it. Uh, he gave tickets to Jack Nicholson, so Jack Nicholson would sit in the front row, which then led to a floodgate of Hollywood people coming. So it's a really fun, talk about a fictionalized version of something. First of all, this is a story from 40 years ago, right? Right. But also, it's a story a lot of people know, but it, it's really just fun, and it's uh, from the... Uh, Kind of the team of Adam McKay, so it's got that kind of don't look up, uh, big short uh, type of look to it. Changing film stock sometimes, you know, uh, Doctor Bus played by John C. Riley will just turn to the camera and explain stuff to us. Really cool and stylish. It's called Winning Time on HBO. All right, and then another thing to watch this weekend. The third thing to watch on the Thursday three, and I don't know what day you listen to this, but theoretically, yeah. it should be listened to on a Thursday. The Dropout. This is another series based on true life events. In this case, it's Elizabeth Holmes, the notorious Stanford dropout, 
who came up with this revolutionary medical technology, right, Ro? That was the idea. So she said. So she said this idea that you could test your blood with just like a, a, a single drop or two at home. It was going to revolutionize medical testing or there'd be these portable machines in Walgreens. So she and she gets hundreds of millions of dollars in investments from big time players. Right. And it's all bullshit. And Amanda Seyfried, who plays uh, Elizabeth Holmes, deserves an Emmy nomination because she captures all of it. Because there was one one of the many strange things about this woman, who, by the way, eventually was convicted on four federal counts of, of fraud and mostly involving the investors and people lost all kinds of money, major, major players, uh, the Oracle guy, uh, Larry Ellison, and Walgreens put like $140 million into it. And they never even saw the technology. She'd always come up with an excuse or she'd show them a picture. It was amazing. She'd say, oh, it's not ready now, but it will be. And they all wanted to believe her. But one of the amazing things that happened is that she changed her voice and ended up with this really low man voice. Uh, and when you see interviews with the real life Elizabeth Holmes, you see it and you're like, this is really weird. And Amanda Seyfried kind of captures how she calibrated her voice, the character. So she kind of goes back and forth between regular voice and CEO voice. And it's very chilling and very interesting. And it's really entertaining. And it's also just one of those things where you're like, how did these people fall for this shit? It is kind of the era of the con yep. in our collective culture. It, we're trying to even even that the Tinder t- swindler. Right. Tinder one. swindler. And, and we started talking about inventing Anna. Mm hmm before we started recording this. And there's a moment in Inventing Anna in which the point is being made. It's this journalist like trying to figure out how this con woman was able to get all this money from these banks and big mm-hmm. players here. And yeah. she wasn't really in sexual relationships with them, which was the, which was speculated, but it turned out she was just really appealing uh, you know, to their own greed. And she was just playing it big. She was yeah. playing it large and it got and she got away with it. And uh, the series kept trying to make some sort of correlation to the rise of Donald Trump as a political figure. And they never connected it at the end. They kept alluding to the fact they were going to connect it, and then they didn't. But I think a lot of these series are about that moment. Like, mm-hmm. can somebody just kind of come out of nowhere, not that Donald Trump did, but he came out of nowhere politically, yeah. to become the president of the United States? Or can these young women who, uh, you know, seemingly nobody had ever heard of, but claim to be, you know, in one case, a European heiress, another one, a scientist, you know, who's going to fix everything for you and without ever having any kind of proof, get away with it. Is that just part of the P.T. Barnumism of America? It is. America? I think you're absolutely right. And in the case of the... Uh, the dropout, yeah, I mean, like, you know, George Schultz, former Secretary of State, right, uh, was on the board, among many right. other huge luminaries, because she charmed him, and he kind of, uh, Sam Waterston, by the way, a great actor, plays him, and he you know, becomes kind of a grandfatherly figure. In other cases, some of these guys are clearly smitten, whether it's Anna or uh, Elizabeth Holmes with these young women, young, attractive women who kind of flatter them. And we even have uh, Super Pumped on Showtime with Joseph Gordon-Levitt as the guy that founded uh, Uber. yes. And in that case, you know, it's a real thing, but he was also, you know, well, first of all, he is, you know, a bad guy in a lot of ways. Uh, but, you know, it, it, as you said, they, they call them founders or unicorns. And it's to your point where Donald Trump, yeah, we all knew who he was, but he was a political unicorn out of nowhere in terms right. of like, yeah, and you want to believe or, and the same thing with, you know, Trump, a lot of times, you know, people would say, I cannot believe that people are believing him. 
just when he would make some crazy claim. The Apprentice <laughs> yeah. was the number one show, and then there'd be 100 articles. It was not the number one show ever. But if he just kept saying it, right? he didn't care. You know, that right. I think that's the key. And I think that's the key. He that's believed the, the lies. And I think a lot of these characters do as well. Right. That's the spine through all of this, is that if you start to believe in yourself, and whatever it is, even if you're just making it up to get by, because life really is just... As we experience, it's a bag of chemicals in your head. <laughs> and nobody is more offended than the con artist when they get called out for being a con artist. So with, you know, with the case of, with Anna, someone would say, you know, you said this money was, I'll call my father right now. Do you want me to do, oh no, you don't have to do that. Let's, you know, I don't right. want to do that. There's and a lot of that with uh, Theranos, this thing that Elizabeth Holmes had come up with too. She's like, if you don't believe me, and it'd be some, you know, old chemist. No, no, no. I'm sure you've got the science right. There's no need. Or she'd say like, I'll, I'll personally make sure that this money is covered for this or that. You know, they're always whipping out check checkbooks or threatening to make phone calls, something that they're going to prove them right. And, and always the other person goes, oh, that, that's not necessary. I'm not saying I no, that's believe necessary. you. And they should say, and yeah. then they finally do. Yeah, why don't you call your dad? Or why don't you write a check? No, instead of writing me a check let's go to the bank yeah i don't know what happened the bank is closed although pt barnum turned out to be an okay guy as it turned out according to that movie yeah singing right dancing right that only only because hugh jackman hugh jackman played pt barnum yeah fixed him uh (laughs) can i just say this that the ron roper podcast is being brought to you by americaneagle.com studios americaneagle.com is a full service global digital agency providing best-in-class web design development hosting digital marketing services and so much more visit americaneagle.com for more information i want to thank tim melanius and renee nelson our executive producers and demita menezes our (laughs) long-suffering production director we'll see you next time